I've never struggled with something so much in my entire life, but motherhood constantly has me on the struggle bus. Goodness gracious, it's exhausting. But that's why in this episode of the Roaring Mama podcast, I am talking to you all about the ways that I've struggled as a mom in the hopes that it helps you actually avoid them. So if you're interested and curious to find out how, then keep listening. Hey mama, welcome back to the Roaring Mama podcast. I'm your host, Celeste, and I'm so excited I get to talk to you about how to be a biblical wife, mama, and homemaker. But before I dive deeper into the episode, let me remind you that my website is there for those who can't watch or listen to the podcast right away. And if you want a little bit more in depth, the blog post is up. And also you can find some really cute shirts. Today I'm wearing the Roar Like a Mama shirt and you can find that on the website as well. I'll have everything linked in the description box below. Okay, so let's, let's, let's get into it. I will warn you that I'm going to be pretty vulnerable in this episode because it opens up to the ways that I struggle and um, tells you how I was thinking before I became a mom and how I'm thinking now or in the past and how I'm thinking now. Oh, so, you know, before we became a mom, we all had, well, let me not speak for everybody, but I had this picture of the type of mom I was going to be. I wanted to be gentle and kind and the one that didn't yell at the children. I wanted to be more understanding, more nurturing. I wanted to have the the bond with my children that I didn't have with my parents growing up. I wanted to be the gentle parenting. I, I wanted the fairy tale mother. I knew motherhood was going to be a challenge. I didn't, I wasn't naive, naive to that, but I did not know how much of a challenge life uh I didn't know how much of a challenge motherhood would be. Growing up, seeing my mom doing the things that she did as a homemaker and a wife and a mom, it just painted this picture that I'm going to have it fairly, fairly easy. Um, <laughs> that was such a mistake. My mom made momming look easy. Like, yes, she had her emotions. And yes, I was able to see some of her emotions, but the grand scheme of things I came home the house was clean food was cooked for the most part and it just seemed like she had a grips on life as all of her roles and she was as patient as she could be as a mom we, we were pretty challenging as children and I, I, I know I was um <laughs> she just seemed like she had it all together and then if you watch these shows like family matters uh fresh print well, we can't really count the fresh prince they had a butler but family matters, um, step by step, I think it was step by step and full house and all, well, not necessarily full house because there was no mom, but, um, a lot of other shows that depicted a family, um, the mom, dad, and kids, it just seemed like the moms always had it together. They were the rock that everybody leaned on. They were the nurturers. They took care of the house, they took care of the kids. It was just, it looked so easy. And you know, you look at social media and you see all these perfect pictures of the house being clean and everybody has this Instagrammable house, this Pinterest house, and everybody's making their food from scratch, throwing their food and um, prepping lunches that you cut, you carve out little animals in their sandwiches. And it just, it seemed like interesting. It seemed like, oh, I can do that too. And, you know, the perception I had before I had children to the to the perception that I have now, um, completely different. I thought every waking moment I would enjoy motherhood. Um, I thought it was going to be so much fun all the time, and with a little bit of hiccups, just just you know, discipline here, discipline there, talk to here, talk to there. But I thought I was going to be on this 
joyful ride. I did not expect, I didn't expect motherhood to turn out so differently for me. As a mom, I struggle with my feelings. Oftentimes I used to feel inadequate for my children. And sometimes I still struggle with that too. I felt like I didn't do enough for them. And if I focus on them, then I neglect my husband. I neglect my house. If I focus on my husband, then I neglect my children and I neglect my house. If I focus on the house, I neglect my children and my husband. Like there was, it was always a win-lose-lose situation. And I felt horrible. Then top it all off, I did multiple businesses throughout my time as a homemaker and a mom and a wife. And so that when I'm focused on one thing, everything else falls by the wayside. Nobody tells you, even without the business, nobody tells you how much of a struggle motherhood is when you're pregnant with your first child. All you hear is, oh my goodness, motherhood is such a joy. You're going to love it. It's so like children are such blessings and you're going to have so much fun. You're going to have someone to love you. You're going to love somebody. You're going to be amazed at how much you can love that little being. But no one talks about the weight of motherhood, the weight of the responsibility of another person's life, the weight of always taking care of that person day in and day out because motherhood does not stop. No one talks about all of the crazy thoughts you have as a mom, especially in postpartum. I went through postpartum with my, with my oldest and with my youngest, but mostly with my oldest. And I was so ashamed because especially as a black person, we don't deal with postpartum depression. That's what I heard a lot in my family and from those around me. Like we don't deal with that stuff. That's not for our people. But if you're a person, if you're a mom, you're going to deal with it. You might deal with it. I'm not going to say you're going to, but I did. And I felt so ashamed and I, I kept everything to myself. My husband didn't know what was going on. My family didn't know what was going on. My in-laws didn't know what was going on. I masked my my feelings pretty well. You know, I'm one of those people who I used to be. I'm not so much anymore, but I'm one of those people who's like, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm great. Everything is good. And meanwhile, my house is burning down. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so let me put a little bit of a note right here. If you are struggling with depression, with postpartum, with mental health, it is not shameful to seek help. Seek help. There's no shame in it. You do not have to be embarrassed. So many people go through what you're going through. And if you never say anything, you won't know. And no one will know. And we don't know how to help you. So reach out to someone, a therapist, a trusted friend, a trusted family member who won't judge you harshly but who encourage you and who will love you through what you're going through and help you get on a better path because there is such a better way to live. Okay. I just wanted to put it in there because I did not have that as a first time mom. I did not have that support because I didn't feel like I had the space to, to share that. I was already going through depression. I had just moved up here to Tennessee. I didn't have my biological family here. I literally had no one besides my husband and his parents and I didn't have any friends. So everything was so new and I got pregnant so quickly. Um, so I, I, I hadn't had a chance to build a support system and to get comfortable with people around me to tell them what I was going through. My husband and I, we known each other for 2003, but we were long distance relationships. That's a whole nother story, guys. I will talk about that later, but I'm just giving you the 
the um, scenario. I, 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 we were newly married, and I didn't want him to see me as this broken, depressed person. And um, I struggled a lot the first several years of my motherhood, the first several years of being a wife. I struggled a lot. I had really bad thoughts. Um, but thank God, I, I will say, let me rewind a little bit. I did get one piece of information that really stuck with me from from being pregnant um, with my first child. A, a neighbor of mine, um, she told me, Celeste, it's okay to walk away. When you're having bad thoughts and hard feelings, it's okay to walk away because she went through that. And she was the only person that told me how hard, at least that part of motheringhood. Um, and, and it was a very brief conversation. Everything else was pretty positive after that, but um, so she did give me that one tip to walk away. And ever since then, like that was a saving grace because I had to walk away. When my son was crying and I had bad negative thoughts, I had to put him in his bed, let him cry and walk away and pray to God that he would help me with these thoughts because it was, I, have, it, I felt like a lot of times it was unbearable. But anyway, I was struggling so much and nobody knew. Um, so if you're struggling, talk. If you're struggling with some, reach out to somebody that you can trust and talk to them, whether it's a therapist or friends or family, whoever, you have to get it out. And it's no shame in seeking help. There's no shame in putting your baby down to let them cry for a little bit. They're not going to die. Um, and to check your mental. Um, so anyway, let me get back on course. Lots of times when we're struggling as mom, it's because we bottle things in. We put so much pressure on ourselves to keep it together not only to keep our mental health together, but to keep every all of the balls that we're juggling and the plates that we're spinning to, to continue. Like, so if we're biting off, basically biting off more than what we can chew. So, you know, we're trying to keep a house clean. We're trying to keep a husband happy. We're trying to keep kids fed and alive. We're trying to keep our mental space good. We're trying to do things for ourselves, self-care, children, parenting, experiences. If they have things going on in their little worlds, sports, dance music that's a lot thankfully i don't have the added to do's when it comes to extracurricular activities however i am a homeschooling mom so that does add things to my plate um and trying to keep that going and trying to keep the house clean and taking care of a dog and a demanding baby and cooking food and taking care of husband there's a lot that I do. And sometimes I downplay that. And do you find yourself doing that too? You're doing so much and you're like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Oh, I just did this today. My friend, my good friend told me, let's take just and only out of our vocabulary. And that's so true. Let's take just and only out of our vocabulary. Because if we only get vacuuming done, guess what? That's a lot on top of everything else that we do. So we got vacuuming done. Yay. Let's celebrate all of our wins, big or small. So. Biting up more than we can chew keeps us on the struggle bus. Uh, the external pressure from everyone else, family, friends, children, you know, people ask us to do things all the time and we constantly, constantly say yes all the time. External pressure from people around us, like our families, our friends, our children, you know, people telling you to get a job um, because you can't rely on your husband or you shouldn't rely on no man to take care of you, you know. All, all the foolishness, you know, that I almost listened to and that I convinced myself that I actually needed to do too. No, God has a plan for me. If you have people, especially people outside your home, telling you to get a job 
and telling me to do this and do that and asking me for so many favors. Um, and it's not what you and your husband agree upon. No, quiet them up. Ignore them. Don't listen to them because newsflash, you have a job. You have several jobs and they don't pay. And there's no room to get anything else when you're doing the work that God has called you to do. Okay, let me reel myself in a little bit because I can go off on tangents left and right, you guys. <laughs> um, so when we bite off more than we can chew, when we cave into external pressure, and when we're trying to do things all on our own, doing those things will definitely put us on the struggle bus. And that's how I get on a struggle bus each and every single time. I'm biting off more than I can chew and listening to people outside of my house who don't know what our situation is. And I am not giving things over to Jesus. Um, I, I struggle. <laughs> That's when I struggled the most. And because I did all those things, I ended up becoming the mom I didn't like. I started yelling at my children a lot, especially my first. God bless my first. He has been through a lot of stuff with me. He has seen me at my worst. And he and I, I pray to God that he has seen and felt the growth of my journey and he has felt nothing but extreme love for me these past few years for sure. But um, God bless his soul. Um, I, I think our first are always our guinea pigs and they're always going to see the things that the other kids didn't get to see. Good and bad, right? Um, I, I'm not going to sit here. Let me Let me put a little pin right here. I am not going to sit here and say I was a horrible mom. I wasn't. I was a good mom. I was the best mom I could be at that time. But I could have been better, right? There are things that I, I, I wish I wouldn't have done or said, but things happen. And if you're on YouTube and you see me looking down a lot, it's because I, any moments, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit nervous and shame and embarrassed because struggling with anything is hard. And then to open up about these struggles is just... It's a little nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, yeah, I became the mom I did not like. Everything fell by the wayside. The house was always a wreck. The only saving grace, and I, I see this now, God blessed me during this time. Because like I said, I was already struggling with depression. But God blessed me by giving me a, a, a child, a son, because it forced me to get out of bed. It forced me to take care of him. Even if it was the bare minimum, it made me do things. Anyway, the point of all of this is I got on a struggle bus and once you're on it, it's really hard to get off of it and it's really hard to stay off of it. <laughs> hey, mamas, really quick. Who do you know will benefit from this podcast, from this episode? I bet they'd be so thankful if you shared it with them. Let's find out. Go ahead and click that share button and send it to a mom in need. Thank you so much. It really does help the channel out. Okay, so here's how you can get off the struggle bus and avoid getting on in the first place. We already kind of talked about it. Stop over committing to things. Stop putting so much on your plate. The truth is we can do it all, but we can't do it all at once. You'll drive yourself crazy. And that's where the struggle bus ultimately puts you at the crazy house. <laughs> Take my word for it, okay? Maybe not in a literal crazy house, but you will feel like you're going crazy. Anyway, um, you know... <laughs> I will tell myself, you know, I need a planner. I need to write down all my to-dos that I have to do for a day so I can get things done. And while it works, you will get things done. You will also find yourself putting so many tasks on that to-do list. It feels overwhelming. And then you put all this pressure on yourself to get it completed. Um, no, simplify your life. Let me, let me tell you. 
All right, you're coming in? You're leaning in closer? It's okay to drop tasks from your to-do list. It's perfectly fine. If you are stressed that day, if you have other commitments that day, if that day has proven to be harder than than you expected, it's totally fine to say, you know what? Laundry isn't getting done today. You know, or maybe I'll wash and dry and not fold. I don't fold, by the way. Anyway, um, I can clean my kitchen, but I can, I'm not going to mop today. Or maybe nothing gets done and you just take care of your family. That's perfectly fine, too. You have got to be able to assess your mental capacity, your your emotional capacity, and your physical energy level. You've got to be able to assess all of that. And if you don't have time, the energy, or the space to do it, then it's okay to let them go. Take care of your family, take care of yourself, get some rest. That is productive too. I just wanted to put that out there because it took me years. It took me years to understand that. And so if you're if you're struggling today and if you're feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated and overloaded, stop. Drop your list. Do the bare minimum. Get food for yourself, even if, even if that means ordering out. Get food for your kids, even if that means ordering out. And relax. Rest is productive. Say it with me. Rest is productive. It is. <laughs> All right. Now that we have the fact that we can drop things off of our our list that we committed for ourselves, we, we don't have to do that. Um, let's talk about external pressures. Don't allow others to dictate your day. Okay. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else that you really want to do. And that could be your family, spending time with them. Um, cleaning something that needs to get cleaned, you have to have your priorities in line. Because if you don't have your priorities together, people are going to stop putting things on you and telling you need to do things. And you're going to listen because you don't have your priorities in line. And even though you are doing things because they're a good thing to do, you know, somebody may ask you to go to the store or help them with something. Those are good things. But if your priorities are in line, you would know that your family, your household comes first. Okay. And if doing something for someone else is going to put you in a state that is angry, grumpy, moody, that's not beneficial for your family. You have got to say no. But if you have the capacity to do all that and the space and the time to do that, great, go ahead and do it. But do not sacrifice that space, energy, and time um, for them. And it's going to put your family at a deficit. I'm not saying don't ever do something for somebody, but you have got to know your priorities and your energy levels before you commit to something from the outside world. So you and your spouse knows what your family family needs. I, I strongly suggest that you don't let outside influences influence you to do something that God has not called you to do and that your husband does not need you to do. So um, get the outside voices that's outside your house and keep them outside your house and outside your mind because you don't need to listen to them. <laughs> I'm talking from personal experience. Oh my goodness, I've had so many people tell me to get a job um, your house is junky, clean more. Um, you're not doing this with the kids. You're not doing that with the kids, blah, 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 blah. And I almost listened to a lot of it, but you know what? I got to put those outside voices outside and keep them there because they, they don't live with me. They don't know the things that I go through inside this home. They don't know what I do. They don't see what I do. They only have a perspective for what they can see and what they can understand. And th- that's it. <laughs> I'm not married to you. You don't get to tell me what to do. Not 
every advice was bad advice. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of the advice did come from a place of caring and um, and love, but it does not mean that it was helpful to me in that moment. It just stressed me out. <laughs> so when it comes to feeling pressure from your children, how do you handle that? You know, one thing that I do not like the most that my children do, I'm cooking, right? I can be cooking a meal. You can smell it throughout the house. You can see that there's pots on the stove. You can see that there's something's in the oven. You can see me at the stove stirring a pot. And my son has done this multiple times. It drives me crazy. He goes, mom, I'm hungry. Okay, son, what do you think I'm doing? I'm hungry too. <laughs> I'm fixing food for us to eat. But it puts so much pressure on me. Like, hurry up. You're not moving fast enough. You're not moving fast enough. You're not, you know, whatever. It it puts so much stress on, on my mental. I, I just look at him sometimes. Sometimes I look at him and I really just look back at the stove because what I have to say in that moment is not healthy. And so I just, don't say it. My mom always told me, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I choose not to say things half the time. And they know that means, okay, mom's mom might blow up if I keep pressing this issue. And they, they've gotten that. So they leave me alone <laughs> when I give them the look. <laughs> oh, goodness. But have you have your kids ever done it to you when you're cooking and they're like, I'm hungry? Okay. I had no idea it was time to eat. No clue. I'm just cooking to cook. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, there's a lot of cases that that has happened. And there's times when um, they constantly bombard me with questions and can we do this? Can we do that? Can I have this? And can I have that? And sometimes I get, I give in. It takes me off my course, but because I'm their mom and they are my responsibilities to take care of and their well-being and their happiness is important to me. Yes, I will do that. But sometimes, you know, things take priority over doing that for them. Like there are occasions where things have to get done. And so I can't do, you know, Marvels with you or I can't play the Switch with you or I can't play Legos with you at, at right now because I have to get this thing done. And when I tell you when those days happen, I feel extreme, extreme mom guilt. But it's life and they have to deal with disappointment of not being able to play with me. They have to be able to play independently, which, which they do. My older two, God bless their hearts. They, they are really good independent players. And they have heard no a lot or not now a lot this year because baby, baby is so demanding and she does not understand the word no, <laughs> you know, that, that brings on a struggle in itself and she creates a pressure, um, like no other children has created a pressure for me. Okay. And I'm still praying to God to help me manage that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we're moms and we feel like we're superwomen and we totally can do it all, but we shouldn't do it all at the same time. We will go crazy and we shouldn't do it all alone. This is why I have a podcast because I want to connect with other moms who struggle. I want to connect with other moms who feel like they're not enough. And I'm going to tell you, if you're cooking and you're cleaning, your kids are not wanting for anything. And if you're doing the best that you can to make sure that they are fed and clothed, you are doing the best you can. And that's awesome. You're an awesome mom. And if you're going through hard times where those, where those things are not happening, it doesn't mean that you're a horrible mom. It doesn't. It just means you're going through a hard time and it's okay to reach out for help. Okay. So I wanted to put that out there. If you're not abusing your kid, neglecting your children, falling them off on people left and right because you want to do what you want to do, then, you know, you're a good mom if you're not doing those things. If you're taking care of your kids to the best of your ability and you're loving them, you're giving them the things that they need and you're talking to them and you're hearing them and you're feeling them and you're nurturing to them, 
You met your situation. You're a good mom. You're doing enough. Okay. Let's come to the, the last point that I want to hone in on. And we're going to go to scripture. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Let me read that again. Casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now I'm talking about God. I think the NLT says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. When we try to handle all of the stresses of motherhood by ourselves, we get stressed, we struggle. We get depressed but when we really lean into the word and we lean on god for his strength we get rejuvenated replenished okay we don't have to go through life alone motherhood would bring out stress anxieties worries because it's a response is a big responsibility but when we cast all of our anxieties on god and we give them to to him we're able to function a whole lot better so much better okay so, so let's lean on God and not ourselves. And let's let's trust that his word is true, that he cares for us because he does. And his word is true. And let's give him our cares. Give him the things that we struggle with. Give him our anxieties. You know, what I, you know what I don't like? I don't like it when people just tell you to give to Jesus. Like, how do you do that? How do you do that? So let me tell you what I do. That helps me out. That does give me the energy that I didn't even think that I had. Okay. So, so I have my phone. You're going to look at some scripture as I'm telling you the things that I do. I pray. Prayer is the biggest thing in my life, especially this year. 2023 has been a rocky year for me. It's been a very hard year for me. And it's been a year that I just had to lean on the Lord a lot. And not even just because of my mothering. It's from everything. Motheringhood, life, homemaking, external sources, dealing with family, you know, I had, I had I had to lean on the Lord a lot this year. So how I give my cares and my worries and my stresses over to God is by praying. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And verse 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in, the, in Christ Jesus. I try my best to swap out whatever it is that's stressing me out that I'm struggling with, I swap that out for a prayer and I give it to God. I, I give him my struggles and he gives me his peace. When I tell you it works, it really does work. Another thing that I do, and this one is a little bit harder, is I don't worry. So once I pray, I don't worry. And we're going to head over to Matthew chapter six. Okay. We're going to do 33 and 34, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you or added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now it talks about, like, you know, before this verse, it talks about, you know, um, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? You know, it tells you not to be anxious for that because God knows what you need. He knows that you need food. He knows that you need shelter. He knows that you need clothing. He provides all these things, all these things for you. And so you just have to trust that he will do it and he will do it. And sometimes that, that path looks a little bit rocky, but you don't have to worry because God is going to take care of us for sure. Um, so after I pray, I don't worry about anything else. That's a hard one to do, but and it's a constant, and it's a constant praying and not worrying. Okay. <laughs> um, another thing that I do that I have learned to do this year, especially this year is the work that I do in this house. Have you ever said, uh, oh, laundry? I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to 
clean the kitchen to constant. Like I don't like cleaning the kitchen. I don't want to do the kitchen today. The thing that really helped me change my mentality around that, and sometimes you know I go back to my old ways, but I try to keep this in mind. Colossians chapter three verse twenty three says, "Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men." So I try to tell myself, "Okay, God has blessed me with a kitchen to clean. So let me go ahead and clean it to the best of my abilities." And God has blessed me with kids that need clean clothes. So I love them so much. Let me go ahead and, and wash their, their laundry. And whatever tasks that I dread doing, I try to say, the Lord has blessed me with this. Let me take care of it. Because we have to be good stewards of the things that God has blessed us with. And when I change my mentality and how I view things and how I view my work and how and who I'm doing them for, it really changes my perspective and it really changes my energy levels. And I'm not saying, oh, I don't want to. No, God's blessed me with this. Let me do this and take care of it because I, I would, I would like more blessings. <laughs> okay. And you know, he's not going to keep giving me blessings if I'm just letting him go to, to dirt. So, so another thing that I do, um, this one comes from Philippians chapter three, verse 14. Um, I focus on God. I, I try my best to do the things that he has called me to do and stay away from the things that he has not called me to do. And I, you know, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a constant struggle between flesh and spirit. But uh, Philippians chapter three, verse 14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. To press towards something, you mean you're striving for it, you're pursuing it. And to pursue it, you have to be focused on it because when you're focused, when your focus is taken off of that thing, you lose sight of the goal and you don't do the things that you're called to do. So I have to focus on Jesus. I have to focus on what God has called me to do and not my problems. Because whatever I focus on, it's going to be bigger. So if I'm focusing on Jesus, then Jesus becomes bigger and the strength that he gives me becomes bigger and I'm able to get things done. If I'm focused on all the things I'm struggling with, that struggle bus becomes bigger and longer. It becomes this double-decker limousine struggle bus. <laughs> and we don't want that, right? So let's focus on the person that can take care of our problems for us and help us with this life as opposed to the things that we're struggling with because that gets us nowhere. All right, so there's many ways to give things over to Jesus, but this, these are some of the things that I actively have implemented in my life um, these past few years with this year being the emphasis because, oh, I, ha I had to. I was forced to. <laughs> I was forced to. Um, but let's recap the ways that you can roar through motherhood instead of struggle through them. Don't overcommit. So if you have a, a loaded uh, to-do list for, for the day, simplify. Learn to say no to things that aren't on your priority list. It doesn't matter who asks you to do them. Don't let external pressures get the best of you. People outside your house, is not they're not entitled to your time, to your mental capacity. They're not entitled to access to you, okay? So don't give in to the external pressures and give your cares, your emotions, your feelings, your struggles to Jesus because he cares for you and he will help you get through. All right, mamas, if you found this episode helpful, even in the slightest, definitely share it with your mom friends. I'm sure they will appreciate you even more for doing so. And if you want more encouragement, be sure to follow me on social media. TikTok and Instagram is where I will be at the most. And of course, I will be doing my YouTube shorts, my YouTube shorts. So you can always comment on videos. And if you have any questions or want to get some mom gear, head over to the site. All the links will be in the description box below. I can't wait to chat with you again next week. Take care. God bless.